Hi, I'm Haiga, your host for Short Story Saturdays on A Writer's Life. I'm recording on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Squamish Nation. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Short Story Saturday. I'm thrilled to have Montana Rogers as my first guest to Short Story Saturday. Montana Rogers is a writer and educator. She received her undergraduate degree in creative writing and literature from Wheaton College in Massachusetts, USA. After graduation, she was awarded a Fulbright grant to teach English in Bulgaria and spent two years working and living in a small city in the Black Mountains. She graduated from Simon Fraser University's The Writer's Studio in 2019 and began publishing her work that same year. Her short stories and flash fiction have appeared in The Sea Letter, Dream Noir, Reflex Fiction, Verity L.A., and other journals. Currently, she is querying her first novel and at work on her second. Welcome, Montana. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one question, a question I ask all my guests on Short Story Saturdays. Can you remember your first day of school? And what was that experience like for you? I was homeschooled in first and second grade. There's not one specific day that stands out in my mind, you know, when I started first grade. But I, I remember really enjoying that time in my life and learning a lot, a lot of hands-on experiences. Montana's short story is titled, Unspoken. Even the mailman could see that the woman who lived by the river was not happy. Maybe at one time, days passed, but not for a very long time. Her hair was stringy in the back, with streaks of gray radiating from the top of her head. Her eyes, once perhaps a bright blue, were dull, not quite dead, but on their way. She still did her makeup or tried, that was clear. A few strokes of mascara, bright red lips, rose cheeks, the skin underneath almost translucent. She had probably grown up in this town and had been someone's daughter, someone's sister, granddaughter, cousin, friend, but no one knew to whom she belonged anymore. She strolled the streets, empty-handed, pacing along the river, first in one direction, then the other. Everyone knew which house was hers, and she must have had some money, for the house was large and she had a small collection of groceries delivered every week. Some vendors reported seeing the quiet old woman weaving her way in and out of the stalls at the local outdoor market every other Saturday. According to the cucumber and pepper man, she always bought two peppers, one cucumber, and a handful of tomatoes. Pointing out the ones she wanted, never touching the products until the bag was handed to her and the money had been exchanged. The last person to hear the woman speak was the dentist on West Street. One of the woman's teeth had started to rot from the inside out. She sat in the waiting room staring at the clock. A young mother with her son sat opposite from her. The boy inched closer to the woman, trying to retrieve one of the puzzle pieces that had slid under her chair as the boy upended the puzzle box on the table. Before the boy could reach his hand out to claim the piece, his mother pulled him back with a stern glare. The boy retreated. The woman didn't look up, but she was reminded of the time her own son had recoiled in fear as a bottle slipped from her hand, shattering on the wall. 
He'd been about the same age. The woman felt a sudden urge to reach out and comfort the boy, to tell him it was okay. She wouldn't hurt him. The door near the reception window swung open and a nurse clad head to toe in purple called for the woman. The woman rose. Her sweater caught on the armrest of her chair and she tripped forward a little. The nurse asked if she was okay. The woman pulled her sweater and followed the nurse without saying a word. She sat in the chair in the middle of the dentistry's surgery. The room was an unthreatening beige, the chair off-white. Surgical instruments, small mirror, drill were laid out in rows on a tray next to the chair. A long counter with a shiny sink lined one wall. Another wall was almost all windows. Through the windows, the woman watched briefly as brown sparrows and plump chickadees chased each other in the branches of some evergreen bushes. Then she turned her face to view the other wall. The wall to the woman's right was covered in five-inch by seven-inch photographs, four down, five across. Each photo was framed in black. The top row showed a man and a woman in their early 30s with three young children, one a newborn nestled in the arms of the mother, and the other two, twins, sitting by their father's feet. As the woman's eyes slid across the first row, the family aged. The twins holding soccer balls, the baby girl standing on wobbly legs with a blue bow in her hair. In the last photograph, the girl sat on a soccer ball, one boy held a baseball bat, the other a violin. The mom and dad held hands behind their foregrounded children. The woman's laugh lines a little deeper, her husband's hair graying near his temples. Each row showed a similar couple and the family's progression, except for the last row. A sweet-looking young woman stood alone in the first picture. She leaned on the arm of a man in the next picture and sported a diamond ring. In the third photo, the couple held a golden retriever puppy between them. The next photo showed them again, but the dog was full grown. The smile on the woman's face seemed strange and strained, and the woman held his arm around her carefully, or maybe reluctantly. The last photograph showed the woman alone again. Her arms were wrapped around the dog's neck. They were somewhere out west, red sand at their feet, mountains rising up in the background. The dentist entered and seeing the woman's careful inspection of the photos explained that they were his children and grandchildren. You have a beautiful family, the woman said, her voice dry, just above a whisper. He thanked her and added that he saw them as much as he could, but it still wasn't enough. He had rented a house down in South Carolina by the beach for their annual family reunion. He couldn't wait. Does your family live nearby, he asked, leaning her chair back. The woman opened her mouth to respond, but before she could say anything, the dentist started poking at her tooth. She studied his face, large pores, yellowing eyes, lines from each laugh, each scowl. She wondered what her face revealed. Could he see the lines of regret, the lines of hope that had etched themselves deep into her skin each time the phone rang? The lines of worry, equally deep, as she told the telemarketer she wasn't interested and hung up the phone, wondering where her son might be, if he was living a good life. Could the dentist see the lines of sadness left behind when she finally disconnected the phone, unable to bear the disappointment and constant reminder that she was alone? The dentist pulled three teeth that day. He pulled another four the following month. By the end of that spring, the woman did not have a single tooth left in her head. Her words, which were few before, were now non-existent. In her last days in the town, she stopped visiting the market and people wondered what she was eating. 
She walked further than she normally did along the river and up into the mountains along one of the many hiking trails. She could not go as far as she would have liked, and sweat clung to the back of her neck. Local children claimed they saw her smashing wild strawberries between her thumb and finger and swallowing them whole. Not long after that, a man showed up at her door. He wore a light Oxford shirt, slacks, and leather business shoes. He reached to straighten a non-existent tie, not accustomed to weekend clothes. She said nothing when she saw him, but went back into the house. She emerged moments later with a large flowered carpet bag, an umbrella in one hand and an antique lamp in the other, and a floppy hat covering her eyes. He took the bag and settled her in the back seat of his car. He hammered a sale sign in the front yard of her house and they drove away. As they left town, she noticed the dentist's office was closed and a sign hung in the window. Annual family reunion. Be back next week. She caught sight of her son's eyes in the mirror, and still, they said nothing. <laughs>